Hello, and welcome to episode one of Butters on Books. I hope that you are all staying safe and keeping very well. And also enjoying the lovely sunshine that we seem to be having at the moment now that we all can't go out. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about, um, or well every time that I record, I'm going to be talking about books that I am reading during this quarantine um, and potentially beyond depending on how much time I have. Um, Like most of you, I am working from home at the moment which means that I have a lot more time and I have just eaten a delicious grilled cheese sandwich from my George Foreman grill with Rice Krispie Cakes, because those are the things that I have in at the moment, is bread, cheese, chocolate, Rice Krispies and marshmallows. Uh, well, they're, they're gone now because they're Rice Krispie Cakes, but I had all of those things. Um, I'm going to be talking about, um, specifically uh, this time of recording, um, a readathon that I am taking part in. If you haven't already heard of it, it's called the Magical Readathon. And it is created by a YouTuber called Book Roast. Um, and it is a really creative way to to read. Um, basically, what you do is if you are a Harry Potter fan, this is the readathon for you. Um, you pick your chosen magical career. Now, I'd love to say that I would be an aura, um, which for those of you who don't know, is like a magical policeman. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am not that person. I am a librarian. And so I'm going to aim to be a magical librarian like Madame Pince from the books who is my spirit animal. And the way that you acquire uh, these careers is that you have to take certain owls. Um, And the owls are divided up into different reading prompts. And depending on your career, depends on which owls you need to take. Um, And then later on in the year, I think in August, you do your newts uh, to get your chosen career. It happens every single year. um, And it starts off in, in April normally. And you can maybe pick the same career or different careers year on year but this is my first time doing it so my first owl that I decided to take part in for this readathon was history of magic I decided to do it first mainly because the history of magic seems to be the kind of bane of Harry's life in the book so I thought well probably best to get that one out of the way but also it was going to be a guaranteed favourite of mine so Um, For those of you that don't know, I am a massive Terry Pratchett fan. So I went first off with the next book in the Terry Pratchett Discworld series that I'm reading, um, which is Witches Abroad, um, which, as you might have guessed, it's all about the witches of the Discworld. um, And the prompt for History of Magic was to read a book with witch or witches, either on the cover or in the title. And I have to say that, so Discworld is structured in... You can read them in two ways. Um, If you have had previous experience with Terry Pratchett, I would recommend reading them chronologically, um, so in the order in which they were written. If you are new to Terry Pratchett, I would recommend picking a set. So, for example, you've got witches, you've got death, you've got the Industrial Revolution, you've got the gods, you've got the Unseen University, and you've got the City Watch. Um, And you pick one of those and you read all the books in that series. Um, which is actually before this book was probably my least favourite of them all, except for the Industrial Revolution, which I haven't got to yet. Um, but they just, I love the characters, but the stories themselves weren't as compelling as the other ones for me. Um, I have changed that mindset since reading Witches Abroad. It is an absolutely fantastic book. Um, I gave it five out of five stars on my Goodreads. Um, it is all about three characters. So the witches begin um, in Equal Rights, um, which is one of Terry's earlier books. Um, and then you have uh, Weird Sisters and then Witches Abroad. Um, and Witches Abroad, we get our trio of witches again, who are a 
kind of p-take of the triple goddess from um, the pagan religion. Um, so you have the crone, the mother and the maiden. Our... Well, there's some debate as to which one's which, but the crone for the purposes of this podcast is Granny Weatherwax, who is a very powerful witch, um, but also not a generally massively nice person, but she believes in doing the right thing and you would kind of want her on your side rather than against you. You've then got who I would call the mother, which is Nanny Og. She is a drunkard and has a cat called Grebo, who is a monster and she is wonderful. She is my favourite of the witches. And then you have arguably the maiden, which is Magrat, who is, I mean, described in the book as a wet hen. And I feel that that's probably quite an accurate description, although she is or can be quite an impressive witch. Um, And it follows our characters as they fly to somewhere called Genua, where Magrat has inherited from a much older witch a magic wand where she is now a fairy godmother. However, fairy tales aren't really meant to exist in real life and actually they cause quite a lot of problems when they are. So the ladies are going to Genua to try and work out who's creating all of these fairy tales. Um, It does sound a bit mad. You have to kind of suspend your belief when you're reading a Terry Pratchett book and also bear in mind that the world in which he's created, which is the disc world, is supposedly on the edge of reality. So what that means is lots of different ideas, lots of different fables, lots of different myths, lots of different fairy tales can exist all in one time. Um, So they are going to somewhere called Genua. It is suspiciously like New Orleans, Um, but it's not called New Orleans, it's Genua. Um, So you have, for example, Mardi Gras, which takes place in the book, and you have fairy tales like, for example, Little Red Riding Hood, which occur in the book. Um, And if you're looking at it from an analytical perspective, it is basically showing you how ridiculous fairy tales are and how actually real life is a lot better than fairy tales oftentimes. And even if it isn't, it's better to have a choice rather than not have a choice. Um, Whereas fairy tales tend to get you a bit swept up in the narrative. And before you know it, you know, you're married to quite a boring prince. Um, And I suppose not analytically speaking, it's just an absolute romp and it's hilarious. Um, I would really recommend it. If you are new to Terry Pratchett, you don't have to have read all of the witches series to understand this one, I would argue. Um, I would say that you would probably need to have read Weird Sisters, um, but only insofar as it mentions one of the love interests of one of the ladies that you wouldn't really understand if you hadn't read that book. However, that is the only thing you wouldn't understand. So it's not a necessity, but I'd recommend it to enrich kind of the reading experience. Um, The other witch's book, Equal Rights, you don't have to have read. Um, You can do, and again, it will enhance your reading experience, but Otherwise, Witches Abroad is quite a good or fairly good standalone. Um, It is just fun. And I would really recommend reading it if you enjoy a laugh, um, which often we do in these times. Um, I... I'm going to be talking about lots of other books that I'm reading. So I'm currently reading Robinson Crusoe, which I feel I'm probably finding more entertaining than I have any right to find it. But I will summarize that when I have finished it um but it is gloriously weird and I love it um I don't feel that it is a book that I probably will recommend because it is a a difficult read but I think I am finding it more entertaining as I said than I have any right to so I am I am enjoying it at the moment um which I, I wasn't expecting 
Um, what I would thought I would do with my podcast is because some of the books that I read, although I do have a wide collection of books, um, can be quite niche. And I feel that Witches Abroad, as much as I love it, is quite niche. I thought that I would do Butter's Book of the Week. I've done it because it's literative, but also I'm going to talk to you about books, TV series and different foods that we can use in these uncertain times where sometimes the favourite food that we have is out of stock. The TV series, we've watched all the main ones and we're not sure what film to watch and also what books can we read? Um, So my book recommendation of the week is if you are a glutton for punishment like I am and you are believing, well, okay, we're kind of living in a time where toilet paper is a bit scarcer and, you know, it does feel a little bit like the end times. Let's read a book that encapsulates that perfectly. I would recommend World War Z. For those of you that have watched the film and enjoyed the film as I did, it is completely different to the book. Uh, in, a, in the best way. I really enjoy the Brad Pitt film. Um, it's not necessarily my film recommendation of the week, but again, if you're a glutton for punishment and want to watch some apocalyptic films, it's on Netflix, go for it. Um, the World War Z, the book, is a journalist who is going around the world interviewing different people from different countries, from different backgrounds, and finding out about how they survived the zombie apocalypse. And it's nice in the sense that you know that everyone that he's interviewing lived because it is after the fact but it is in my opinion realistic in terms of how it depicts not only life during but life after and the zombie apocalypse and I find it very entertaining I find it very gripping and at times quite upsetting um if you prefer to consume things via audiobook rather than reading the audiobook to world war z is on audible and it is well worth a listen um it is fully dramatized so they have different voices for um the different perspectives that you get in the book um and it is done very well uh so my book recommendation for this week would be world war z Uh, My TV series or film, for those of you who uh, have Netflix, um, and even for those of you that don't, get the free trial for a week and then cancel it. And do that with all of the platforms, uh, Netflix, Now TV, Amazon and Disney Plus, and then you'll be able to watch all of the films forever. Um, But I would really recommend Ponyo um, if you haven't watched it, and that is a Studio Ghibli film. Um, These have been recently uploaded to Netflix. And if you want something that is going to be very relaxed, very chill. It's not going to mentally strain you in any way. I would recommend Ponyo. It is the Japanese essentially retelling of The Little Mermaid. It is mental um, because it's Studio Ghibli, um, but it is heartwarming and wonderful. And it's an hour and 40 minutes. Um, It is really hilarious. The animation is gorgeous. And the English version has I think it's Noah Cyrus as Ponyo and then like Liam Neeson as her father Kate Blanchett's in it like it's quite a a big star-studded cast it's also got the other Jonas brother in it you know the fourth one that no one knows about that I didn't know about till I IMDb'd him this week well he's so scary so you should definitely watch Ponyo um food this week so I actually wanted to talk about a craze that is going down at the moment I think it's called Dalgona coffee or Dalgona I'm really sorry I'm not very good at pronouncing things um but I tried it before I even knew what it was called I I watched uh, somebody on YouTube doing it and it's basically where you have a shitload of coffee so two tablespoons to be precise um two tablespoons of sugar so again a shitload of sugar and then two tablespoons of boiling water 
You whisk all of those together and you get a coffee kind of creme, if you like, um, that you put on top of some milk. And you can either mix it in or drink the milk through the coffee. And it is a fantastic caffeine hit, I have to say. Um, it's a lot of effort. So I'd use a hand whisk I uh, as in an electric whisk. I used a hand whisk as in not an electric whisk and was so tired. And because I'm a weakling, it took me far too long to whip it. However, with an electric whisk, it is much better. Um, I would say drink it first thing in the morning as it definitely helps me wake up in the morning. If your sleeping pattern is now stay awake till 12.30 and then wake up 15 minutes before work like mine is, um, it gives you a nice kick for the day. Do not drink it after your lunch because you will be awake forever if you are very sensitive to caffeine or even if you're not. I thought I wasn't very sensitive to caffeine, but after drinking that, good God. Um, But just to kind of reiterate the ingredients there, two tablespoons of instant coffee, two tablespoons of sugar, two tablespoons of boiling water, whisk it all together, put it over milk, and you've got yourself a massive caffeine, sugar, glorious hit, um, which I'm really enjoying at the moment. And hopefully those are all ingredients that you should have um, with easy access, considering the the climate we're in. I used, uh, it recommends uh, white sugar, like caster sugar, but I used demerara and it's fine. Um, So yeah, those are my recommendations for this week. That is all I have uh, so far for April. I might post again this week. I might post again next week. Who knows? Uh, But I hope you enjoyed episode one and I will uh, keep you posted as to when episode two will happen. Take care, stay safe uh, and bye.